Amen. Lord Jesus, we do. We turn our eyes to you, God. We turn our eyes and fix our eyes, fix our faith on you, Lord Jesus. We love you and we praise you. And Father, I pray for the the ministry of the Holy Spirit this morning to minister to our hearts, each and every one of us here in this place, Lord, through your word, through the sword of the Spirit, Lord, minister to our hearts. Encourage us, challenge us, transform us, and change us, for we love you, and it's in the mighty and beautiful and wonderful name of Jesus, I pray, amen. Amen, you may have a seat. Great to see everyone again this morning. We are in Matthew chapter 11. We're only going to look at um, five verses this morning. If you don't have a Bible, raise your hand, and Paul will bring you a Bible. But I bet everybody's got their Bible. Praise the Lord. That's great. Yes, yeah, so turn in your Bibles this morning to Matthew chapter 11. We're looking at verses, uh, just looking at five, six verses this morning, verses 25 through 30. And I love the caption in my Bible, it says, come to me. Does yours say something similar? Come to me. That's the the thesis of Christianity. That's the summation of the entire Bible, is that each and every one of us come to Jesus and have a personal relationship with him, where we trust him, we love him, we follow him, and we obey him. But this text that we're looking at this morning... It gets a little more specific. It gets a little more specific. And the title of my message this morning is Finding Rest. Finding Rest in Jesus. Have you ever found yourself overwhelmed, stressed out, weary, anxious, depressed, uh, hopeless? You ever found yourself there mentally? This message is for you, my friend. Where, where do you go? Where do you find rest for your soul? Where do you find that spiritual, eternal rest for your soul that helps us combat the things of this world when things go crazy? Some people turn to drugs. Some people turn to alcohol. Some people turn to work. Some people turn to online media or or some other device. Where do you go in tough times? Think about that for a minute. Think about in your past, you've gone through a mental tough time in your past, a, a situation in your past. Where did you go? So many times in my life, I haven't gone where I need to go, which is to Christ. But the scripture is going to remind us this morning that our only rest is in Christ, in Christ alone. These six verses pack a lot. This is one of the absolute greatest passages in all of Scripture for the weary soul. In this passage, we're going to see God's sovereignty over all. We're going to see God's invitation to all. And we're going to see God's rest and comfort offered to all. So y'all ready to dig into it? Let's look at these six amazing verses from God's word this morning. In Matthew chapter 11, starting at verse 25, it says, And at that time Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. 
So right here in verse 25, Jesus is talking about God revealing himself to man. And if you notice, there's two, ga- two categories of people in verse 25. You have the wise and the intelligent, which is one group. And then you have the infants. Who is the wise and intelligent people referred to in this text? Well, you have to go back to verses 21 and 23. This is the people in the cities of Chorazan, Bethsaida, Tyre, and Sidon. These people, if you go back and look at those verses, they had witnessed Jesus. They had witnessed his miracles, yet they would not believe. The revelation of who Jesus is was hidden from them because of their pride and their failure to humble themselves and to see their truth and the reality of Christ. It was their pride, their arrogance. James chapter 4, verse 6 says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. You come to God with a prideful and unteachable heart. God will not reveal himself to you. He will leave you and I in our ignorance. So we have to humble ourselves. We have to come as a child. We, we can't come as a know-it-all. But we say, Lord, I want you to teach me. I want you to show me. And you open your heart to him. And he will reveal himself to you. So, so, so this is a negative connotation. This who are the wise and intelligent. This, these are those that are arrogant and prideful. But notice also, he says, but you have revealed them to infants. Who are the infants here? He's not talking about little babies. He's talking about believers who take Jesus at his word, is what he's talking about here. Matthew chapter 18, verses 3 through 4, shed some light on this subject. Matthew 18, 3 through 4 says, Jesus said, Truly I say to you, unless you change and become like a little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. He said you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So that speaks of the requirement for the, for the sinner to humble themselves, to get low, and, and to become like a little child. In verse 4 of Matthew 18, he says, Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Just to make it plain, make it simple, make it easy to understand, when we talk about the the child, childlike faith, basically what we're saying is have simple faith. Have simple faith in Christ. Believe him, love him, and follow him. That's the summation of, of, of our faith, is to have childlike faith, is to believe his word, to love him, to follow him. If you come to him as a child, he will reveal himself to you, Okay? That's the promise of Scripture. If we humble ourselves and say, Lord, I I don't know everything, but I want to learn, man, you open up the floodgates of heaven for your heart and your life to learn and grow and be a disciple by humbling yourself and becoming like a child. So that's verse 25. Verse 26, he says, Yes, Father, for this was well-pleasing in your sight. You know, it pleases God to reveal himself to those with childlike faith. He opens the windows of heaven to the simple in heart. So we need to have simple hearts, believing hearts, trusting hearts, committed hearts. 
You have to come to God with the right heart, and that is a humble heart. And he will change your heart. A humble and teachable heart pleases him, and through a humble and teachable heart, he will pour out his blessing. You know, that's, that's the heart of Christianity, is we want to be well-pleasing in God's sight. We want our life to please him. We want to serve him with everything that we have. So this is how God works. He, he resists the proud, he resists the arrogant, and he shows grace to the humble. So let's walk in, let's, let's walk in, in, in humility, and, let, and let's walk before the Lord our God in all humility. Verse 27, verse 27 in Matthew chapter 11. He says, all things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wills to reveal himself. So let's break this verse into three parts here. First, he says, um, in the middle of the verse, he said, no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son. Here we see an interpersonal relationship between the Father and the Son. Between the Father and the Son, there is this mutual and perfect knowledge of each other. Because guess who has spent all eternity together? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But yet in the opening of the verse, he says, all things have been handed over to me by my Father. So the Father and Jesus coming into this world, the Father handed over to the Son, to Jesus, all authority all dominion, and all power. Jesus is the exclusive and only representative of God. Okay? Jesus said in John 14, 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. That's the truth of Christianity. That's the truth of Christ is. And look at the very end of the verse. There's a third part of the verse I want you to see. It's very important. At the end of verse 27, he says, And anyone to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Here at the end of verse 27, he's, taught, he's speaking of God's sovereignty in our salvation. He's speaking of God's sovereignty in our salvation. Listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 16. He says, You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you that you would go and bear fruit. So Jesus says in John 15 and here in Matthew chapter 11, he chose us. He chose us. We did not choose him. In other words, Jesus came to us before we came to him. We were dead in our sins, Ephesians chapter 2. And God came and knocked on our hearts. He awoke us. He, he, he came to us before we came to him. Jesus drew, he, he drew us to himself. He us, drew us by his Holy Spirit. Jesus convicted us, the Holy Spirit convicted us of our sin. He saved us. He clothed us in righteousness. See, salvation is God's plan. It's God's plan, and he's the one that orchestrates it. We can't get nothing right, but God gets everything right. And he did exactly what he needed to do to save us. And to redeem us. The truth of God's sovereignty in, our sal in your salvation brings you and I great comfort. 
It should bring us comfort knowing that God is sovereign in salvation because it is God who saves us and it is God who keeps us. And there's nothing this world can do to snatch us out of his hand. You know, again, uh, it's a gift. Salvation is a gift. He chose us. Listen to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. He says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And he says, That is not of yourself. It is, verse 8 of Ephesians chapter 2, the gift of God. It is a gift, not a result of works. In other words, there's nothing that you do. There's nothing that you bring to the table. Salvation is 100% God working, nothing that we do, so that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Again, verse 27, anyone to whom the Son wills to reveal himself. He reveals himself. He awakes us. He draws us to, he, he draws us to himself. We open our heart. We receive Christ as our Lord and Savior. And it's a complete gift given to us by the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the fact that God chooses us does not negate man's choice. It does not negate man's choice or God's invitation to all. Because look at the very next verse. <clears throat> verse 28. As soon as he says that, he says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This is God's invitation to every man, woman, and child. But notice what he says. Come to me. That's very important. Come to to Christ Jesus. Does not say come to church. Does not say come to your priest. Does not say come to your pastor. It says come to Jesus. That's very important. And, and basically, you know, we, we put our faith in Christ. We put our faith and our trust in the Lord Jesus when we come to him. And the invitation after he says come to me, the, the, the second part of the verse, or actually the middle, he says, all who are weary and heavy laden. You know, the, the ungodly world around us will beat you down with lies and deception. Let me repeat that. The ungodly world will beat you down with lies and deception. They bombard us every day. They bombard our, our minds. They bombard our hearts. It's, it's all around us. And also, in addition to that, man-made religion. Man-made religion will beat you down. It will beat you down with rules and regulations. We call that legalism. And I believe that's what Jesus is ultimately getting to in this passage because next week we're going to get into uh, Jesus, Lord of the Sabbath. But it was called legalism. In the first century, people would come to the religious leaders and they wanted salvation. And the religious leaders, instead of telling the people to simply trust in the Lord, that what the Pharisees would do is they would lay a burden of legalism upon the people in response to them wanting to be right with God. Uh, make a note of this, Matthew chapter 23, verse 4, talks about this very thing, that people would go to the Pharisees, and the Pharisees, instead of telling them to trust in the Lord, they, they, they would lay heavy burdens on them. Matthew chapter 23, verse 4 says, Jesus says, they tie up heavy burdens and lay on them, on men's shoulders, but they themselves are unwilling to move them with so 
much as a finger. They would lay on the people the burden of strict rules and the legalistic way of life. There was no grace. There was no mercy. There was no Holy Spirit. There was no faith. And that was not taught in the Old Testament. Okay? The people in the Old Testament were saved just like you and I by putting their trust in the Lord, by believing in God, and, and not by abiding by man-made rules and regulations. Genesis chapter 15, verse 6 says, Abraham believed the Lord, and it was credited to him as righteousness. And many of you know this verse by heart. It's one of my life verses, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. That's Old Testament. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. So it didn't come through these rules and regulations, but it came by faith and obedience and trust in the Lord. So that's what had, had beat the people down. They were weary and heavy laden by the rules of men, by the demands of the law, and by the world around them. So he says, come to me, all who are weary and laden, and look at the last part of the verse. He says, uh, I will give you rest. I love that statement. Jesus says, not them, not church, not priests, not, not any He's Jesus, Jesus says, I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Here Christ brings us back to the foundation. Here is where you find rest for your soul. And the rest for your soul, friend, is, guess what? Faith in, in Christ. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Rest from the pressures of the ungodly world. Rest from the burden of the law and man-made traditions. Rest for the troubled heart. Find your rest in Christ today when you feel beat down by the world, by man, and all the other philosophies of this world. Find your rest in Christ Jesus alone. Understand this. You brought nothing to your salvation, okay? All, the only thing you brought to your salvation was your sin. Christ is the one that holds us. Christ is the one that keeps us. And he offers us in salvation, he offers us complete rest, peace in our mind, peace in our hearts, peace in our souls by resting and trusting in him. Let's look at the next verse, verse 29. Verse 29 says, Jesus says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find, there it is again, you will find rest for your souls. Now, what is a yoke? What is a yoke? We don't see that word a lot today in our culture, but that word yoke had a big meaning back in Bible times. A yoke was a wooden beam placed around the neck of an animal to subdue and control them. In the Old Testament, a yoke was a symbol of oppression and control. When Israel was taken into captivity, they were under the yoke of Babylon and Assyria. And this yoke, this oppression, this yoke oppression, it was cruel and it was meant to inflict shame. That's what a yoke was back then. Today, the ungodly world and Satan himself, demons, we talked about spiritual warfare Wednesday night. They try to keep people under the yoke of the slavery of sin. That's the yoke that the enemy 
wants to keep this world under. The yoke of sin brings slavery. It brings shame. It brings despair. It brings a difficult life. It brings depression. It brings hopelessness. But Jesus said, I came to bring life. I I came to bring life and a new life. Jesus came to bring us deliverance and rest in a harsh and sinful world. And notice uh, the character of Christ that that is described in this verse. He says, for I am gentle and, and, and humble in heart. You need to understand that the Lord Jesus Christ, he is gentle and compassionate toward those who humbly come to him. Jesus will not shame you. Jesus will not embarrass you. Jesus will not remind you of the past. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. What's gone with the, what's, what's with the old? It's gone. He puts it behind us. He will not remind you of the past. Christ will heal your wounds, both uh, spiritually, physically, mentally. You know, whatever we bring to him, he is, he is compassionate. He is gentle. And he's humble in heart. And he, he offers us rest. And he says, you can learn from me. He's a mighty God. I'll give you a couple of verses. Isaiah 53, 5 says, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. You know, not only can God heal us physically, but he heals us spiritually. He heals us mentally. He has the ability to take our lives and put us back together, regardless of what we experience in this life. No matter how dark it gets, no matter how far you've gone, or how how much you've been hurt, Christ can heal you. And Christ can bring wholeness to your life. When you come to him, he will clothe you with his Holy Spirit. He will clothe you with his Holy Spirit. And he, he desires to bring you out of slavery and bring you into freedom. We need to understand that. Christ offers us freedom from the bondage of man-made religion and traditions, but also from the bondages of this world. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 says, It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. His gentleness, his humbleness, his rest, his teaching... He sets us free. He will bring freedom from the bondage and deception of sin if you will open your heart. If you will open your heart to him and let him work in those areas of your life. You know, whatever you struggle with, whatever you wrestle with, whatever you're facing in life, bring it to Christ. And let him, let, let, let the Spirit, let Christ himself Work in your heart, work in your mind, and bring wholeness, and bring healing, and bring forgiveness, and bring restoration. Christ wants to do that in our lives. So let's let him do it. Let's open up our hearts to him and experience true freedom. Freedom is only found in Christ in this world. All other paths are bondage. He brings the light into our life. Our final verse this morning, verse 30. Um, 
again, Jesus is just reemphasizing uh, what is true about a relationship with Christ. Verse 30, he says, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let me break that down. There is no burden or weight in serving God. Okay? There's no burden, there's no weight. Okay? A relationship with God is meant to be the greatest, most enjoyable experience in this life. Okay? There should, there should, be, there should be nothing that bring, there's nothing that can bring you greater joy in this life than knowing who God is. Why? Because he cares for you. He cares for you. He loves you. And he wants you to come to him and, and enjoy him working in your life and come to him for everything that you face in this life. What area, as a Christian and a follower of Christ, what area in your life do you struggle with the most when it comes to mental things, when it comes to the things that we struggle in in our head? Where, where is your area of struggle? What do you wrestle with? Christ can bring healing. Christ addresses all the, the things that we face in this world that rob us of our peace, that rob us of our joy, and that rob us of our rest. we got to get to that place where we rest in Christ. And there is no yoke, there is no burden, because having a relationship with Christ is the most amazing thing. But the biggest struggle I find in my life, maybe I'm just preaching to myself, but the biggest struggle I find in my life is our, is our mental battle our mental battle and our mental struggles and the difficulties we face in this life. Because sometimes life throws us a curveball. But are you struggling this morning with anxiety? Are you struggling this morning with stress? Are, are, are those monkeys on your back? Well, First Peter chapter 5, verse 7, if you're struggling with anxiety and stress this morning, First Peter 5, 7 says, God says, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So when we're struggling with anxiety, when we're wrestling with stress, we need to, by faith, cast it. Give it to him. Why? Because Peter says he cares for you. See, salvation is, is more than just our eternal souls being saved and going to, eternity, going to spend eternity with him in heaven but it's also, the, I think it's the well-being of our life. Do you struggle with, uh, are, are you anxious and are you filled with uncertainty? Are you filled with uncertainty with what you're facing in the future? You know, we don't know what's ahead. And sometimes that can bring fearful hearts. Well, Philippians 4, 6 addresses that. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. You know, when it comes to the things of the future and the things in the future that can possibly cause us to worry, the scripture says we need to bring them in advance to the Lord and say, God, I'm trusting you for this area of my life. I'm trusting you for, for a favorable outcome that your perfect will is going to be worked. So we need to bring those areas of our life where we struggle. Um, do you worry a lot? Do you find yourself in a state of worry where it plagues you and, and you lose sleep 
and it just really bothers you, worry. Well, listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 27. He addresses worry. He addresses all these areas. Why? Because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And serving Christ should be the most enjoyable relationship you have in this life. It's not a weight. If you see Christianity as a weight or a burden, you're not looking at it right. Because he says there in verse 30, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. But, but do you worry a lot? Well, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 27, if you struggle with worry, he says, For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? You know, I'm just speaking from experience. I find there's been seasons in my life where I've gone through intense worry. And then later on, sometimes it's days, weeks, maybe even months, I look back and say, why did I worry? You ever experience that? I have. You know, we have a heavenly father. We have a great and mighty God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he takes care of us. And we need to be reminded in these areas of anxiety, uncertainty, stress, struggling, worrying, that we need to be reminded of verse 30. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And we can, verse 29, you will find rest for your souls. You know, I think about one of the first passages I ever memorized when I became a Christian, John chapter 14. And so I present the question, do you find yourself troubled? Is, is your heart troubled? Do you, is there something taking place in your life where, where you're experiencing a lot of trouble in your heart? You know, that, that uncomfortable feeling where you just you don't want to be there. Well, Jesus said in John chapter 14, you need, to, you need to commit that verse to memory. He said, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Now, the context of the passage is he goes on to talk about heaven, and he goes on to talk about being the way, the truth, and the life. But we need to remember that nugget at the beginning of John chapter 14 when we're stressed out and when we're worried. Do not let your hearts be troubled. When Jesus spoke those words, it was the evening before his crucifixion in the upper room with his disciples. And they were all, I like to say, wigged out. Something was going on. Something was in the air. And they did not like the vibe. Okay? They did not like the vibe of what was fixing to happen. And Jesus could sense that. And so he speaks those words to his disciples uh, the evening before his crucifixion. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. So through trials, through tribulations, through difficulties, through struggling, through anxiety, through stress, through pressure, through whatever difficulty you're facing, I encourage you, brothers and sisters, with John chapter 14, verse 1, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in the Lord Jesus Christ. And let him be your sure anchor your sure foundation for whatever experience negative 
experience or difficult experience you're going through. Let him be your anchor. Find your rest in Christ, in Christ alone. In the 4th century, St. Augustine of Hippo. How many, how many know what, what I'm fixing to say? How many, how many theologians we got in the room? St. Augustine of Hippo. One, one of the first books I read after I became a Christian was uh, R.C. Sproul's book, uh, The Soul's Rest, Finding the Soul's Rest in God. But uh, I got this from him, but he quoted it from St. Augustine. But St. Augustine of Hippo said, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until its rest is in you. You need to understand, brothers and sisters, young and old, you were created for God. Okay? That's your ultimate reason you're here on this earth, is you were created for God. And you were created to know God. And thankfully, not only were you created to know him, uh, he made a way for you to come to know him through Christ. So we got to get that right. And then, so, so you, you, St. Augustine said, you have made us for yourself. And, and you know what? And we should enjoy God. We should enjoy our relationship with Christ. It, there should be nothing greater, nothing more exciting than knowing Christ and knowing your creator. That's what you were placed here on this earth for is to know God. And then the second half of St. Augustine's quote, he says, kind of echoing what Jesus' words, he says, our hearts are restless until it rests in you. You know, our world, uh, they're chasing everything. They're chasing everything with their hearts. They're, they're chasing worldly things, ungodly things, the things of this world. But what they need to understand is all those things are temporary. All those things will not last. But a relationship with Christ will last forever. Your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ will not only take you through the next couple of days, weeks, months, and years, it'll take you all the way to the end. And you're ready for the bonus? It's going to take you throughout eternity when you see God face to face. So, our hearts are restless. You, you, were, you, you were designed, your heart, your spiritual DNA, your, the dynamics of who you are on the inside, it was designed to know God, okay? That's the first uh, way he created you spiritually on the inside. And until you find your rest in him, your heart will search forever and ever throughout this life. But once you come to know Christ and you find your rest in him, he will fill your heart and you will know the true meaning of life by trusting in Christ. So my encouragement in closing today is whatever you're facing, whatever you're facing, you, you just pause for a minute and you think about what difficult situation you are facing. I'm going to give you 10 seconds. I'm going to give you 10 seconds to think about this. What difficulty are you facing in this life? It could be physically, spiritually, or mentally. Okay. 
you got, you got your issue. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Take it to Christ. Take it to Christ. And if, if need be, confess it as sin or confess it as a stronghold. Or, 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 or maybe it's not a sin. Maybe it's, it's an area of your, maybe it's just something that's not going the way you thought it would go in life. Bring it to his throne of grace. And not, do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your hearts be stressed out. Do not be filled with anxiety. Do not be filled with uncertainty. Here it is. Find your rest today in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he will fill your heart full and overflowing. Again, verse 29 and 30. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, Jesus says to you this morning. He says to you, brothers and sisters, I am gentle and humble in heart. You will, not you might, verse 29, you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, thank you, Lord, for your word. And Father, we were truly made for you. And so, Lord, I pray this morning that each of us will find our rest in you. In whatever thing in our life that's causing us to lose our joy and this fillness with anxiety and stress, I pray, Lord, we'll bring it to your throne of grace. Lord, that we will um, take our eyes off that situation and put our eyes on you, Lord Jesus. And Lord, we, we, we give you thanks in advance for the rest that's going to come to souls and hearts today because we find our rest in you, Lord Jesus. For we love you and praise you. And it's in the wonderful and mighty, eternal, victorious, restful name of the Lord Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen.